doesn't it raise your spirits just a little bit when you hear the beautiful roar of my old ass fucking crown vic hey guys welcome to the 11th edition already of the poorly made police podcast i'm your host uh, i don't fucking know i'm host pikachu today because i've got a uh, pikachu cartoon that my daughter drew staring at me today so this uh this is an interesting podcast we talk about uh we talk to a cop from washington today and so because of that obviously it's not super positive because washington is a shit show but i think it uh we got some good information there for everybody and hopefully it shines a light on some of the stuff going on in washington but before we get to that uh, I wanted to give a special thanks to our sponsor that made this podcast possible because without money, things aren't possible. The podcast is sponsored today by Junk Spirit Games. They're a gaming publishing company run by a deputy who recently joined law enforcement in Washington State. Their games are known for high-quality components and art, highly replayable, and innovative subjects and design. For example, their latest game, Slip Strike, is a fantastic two-player game where you fight as assassins in another assassins in another dimension using teleportation and time travel to take each other out. Also, check out their other hit titles such as Battle of the Bards and Tyler Sigmund, Sigmund's Crows. If you're into board games or know someone who is, check out junkspiritgames.com and enter the promo code PMPM2021 for free shipping. Again, that's PMPM2021 for free shipping junkspiritgames.com and Junk Spirit Games bringing family friendly strategy games to your table. That's a pretty cool deal man. I know people that listen to this podcast are probably into that type of stuff. I know it's getting bigger and bigger it seems like every year that goes on so if you're into that kind of stuff give them a shot man. Check them out. Uh, remember you're supporting not only me but you're supporting you know your brothers and sisters in law enforcement so check it out. Otherwise uh, I hope you guys enjoy this edition of the poorly made police memes podcast and without further ado our friend scotty from washington all right now the moment you've all been waiting for our good friend scotty from the terrible state of washington is here with us how are you doing tonight scotty i'm fantastic how are you i'm uh i'm doing good man my kid's sick i don't think rona by the way but that always sucks when your little kid's sick you know like when your older kids get sick it's like fucking tough it out but when like the baby's sick you're like eh. Well, I'm pretty sure kids are exempt from the Rona anyway, so. I've heard that. Yeah, I don't, dude, I don't even know what to believe anymore about all that shit. It's like make-believe. Who knows what's real and fake? But anyway, buddy, are you drinking anything tonight? Well, I still got things to do, so I guess I got a white gummy bear rain. So I'll go ahead and. uh, Oh, look at that. That beautiful sound for you. I didn't like those, to be honest with you. The white gummy bear ones are kind of strange. Like, I couldn't put my finger on what I was tasting. Well, I'll go through cycles of them because I was on the orange dreamsicle for some time and then I had to had to get off those for a bit. Yeah, I'm going to upset some people, but and I love the orange dreamsicle, but I had so many of them for so long that I, I needed to kind of get off a little bit because I was getting a little extreme with them. I think I'm about there with these white gummy bears, but we'll see. Yeah, I I kind of had to stop energy drinks for a little bit because the help, the heart palpitations are getting a little too much. So maybe in a month or two, I'll, I'll bring them back in. Um but what I do have, and I've been wanting to try this one for a while, are you a big fan of Iron Maiden or no? Um, 
You can say no. It's okay. I won't be offended. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. I mean, they got some good songs. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not gonna say I don't like them, but um, I'm not gonna be like I'm a oh I'm a huge fan. I think they're more of a cult type following as far as metal bands go, and I'm sure some people are gonna send me messages crying. But yeah. they have a beer, and I've been wanting to try it for a while, and so I've got it here, and I hope it does not disappoint me. So here we go. The moment of truth. That was pretty good. There we go. Did you ever finish off that pickle whiskey? Uh, no. I, I got to take a break from that, too. It's so fucking gross. You know, it turns out, kids, if you drink excessively, especially when you get older, there's effects to that. So I will finish it. Maybe in the next episode. I don't know. There's not much left. And now I've got, I figured out you can drink it with uh, club soda. And it's a little better. So, and okay. then I'll get some a real whiskey. But for now, Iron Maiden's with me. I got another beer, too. We'll try later. Anyway, enough about beer, because nobody cares about uh, my beer. Scotty, tell uh, all the millions of people that listen to this podcast a little bit about your uh, your career, your experience out there in Washington. So I'm still a rather new guy. Been on just over two years. Um, I'm on the eastern side of the state, so I'm not in Seattle, which is a blessing. Other than that, yeah, just working patrol for about two years and just trying to learn things and obviously two years isn't a whole lot of time on or a whole lot of time to get experience in the job, but we're a pretty small, I don't know, hundred commission officers. So not too small, but still a rather small department. Um, stay fairly busy though, about just under 40,000 actual like case reports for the year. So I don't know if you consider that busy or not. I would say that's actually pretty good for a hundred man department. Now, do you guys pull cases on like everything or just actually actual crime or investigative reports? So not absolutely everything. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that will go without, you know, like especially like follow-ups and things like that. They don't ever get like, assigned case numbers or, um, but like welfare checks and, you know, there's the regular calls for service. They all essentially get signed a case number, but um, so it's probably actually close to double that with actual calls. It's interesting yeah. how different departments assign cases and things like that so let me ask you this because now i'm curious and i don't care if anybody else finds this interesting but i do so like on a welfare check where you don't you don't actually find a, a crime or anything and you basically let's say you know somebody says oh mrs gilmore nobody's seen her in a week and you go knock on the door she doesn't answer mm -hmm. do you, like do you actually write a whole report on that or you put in like call notes and that's considered a report it really all depends just don't want to say totality of the circumstances, but the totality of it. I mean, what kind of things is a car in the driveway? People said like, Oh, we saw her two weeks ago is mail stacking up. You know, those kind of things will be more towards like an actual report. But if it's like, Oh, I haven't talked to my mom in two weeks and we should show up at the house, knock on the door, be like, yeah, no one was home. So it, it really all depends on kind of the information that we're getting at the time. Fair enough. I see. And I'm going to go like boomer cop on everybody here, but I see a lot of guys don't like writing reports and I don't like it either, but you never know when that stupid report you wrote, even if it's like not a criminal thing and just documenting what you observe could lead mm -hmm. to somebody down the road, finding something or some information somebody needs or, or even like a street check, right? Like how many times you bump up some guy and you're like, ah, I don't need his information, but you know, maybe that one time you get a little bit of information that can, you know, help solve a case for a detective. I don't know. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, a lot of the times I'd rather just, spend 10 minutes doing like a CYA cover your ass report versus, you know, 
just being like, oh, whatever, it's nothing. Because in the end, if someone's like, oh, did you, you ran, saw you ran into this guy and you're like, oh, yeah, my bad. And then it turns out to be something. Uh, so I'll just do an example. Like we had an overdose last night and it, I don't know, probably like a page and a half report just on something that was, you know, showed up, medics transported. But in the end, if she dies or whatever, then at least there's some documentation of what happened. I mean, Absolutely. So. That, that's good thinking, young Padawan. I like that. Also reports. I mean, I, I've known like your past podcast, you talked about you actually kind of miss writing reports. It is, it's the fun opportunity that I get to say all the things that people have said to me, regardless of how ridiculous or crazy it is. And I just get a quote them on it. And so it's my way to kind of express my, my feelings about calls and just detail it. And you can make it funny, especially show up at court or something like that. And they sit there and they have to read your report and you throw something sassy in there that the suspect said, it's just a beautiful moment. It is. It definitely is. And there's definitely a line to toe on that because, and I've probably crossed that line a few times. Um, those that know me know of the infamous booger report. But mm. if, sorry, man, I lost my whole train of thought. Let me have a sip of beer here. I'll edit that out. But um, yeah, if you, if you go too far, then you kind of look like a, a goof. Like I've had guys, like they'll send me their reports, like, hey, look how funny this is. And I'm like, I mean, it's funny, but like, if you get called to the carpet on that, you're going to look like an idiot where if you play it safe and you can quote the things and make a funny comment here or there, nobody's going to think anything of it, but yeah, I'm not trying to be a comedian in mind, but Oh, know, I was, I was for sure trying to be a comedian. Oh. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, t- there's a time and a place for it, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to make it funny based on the dumb and ridiculous things that people will tell you. Yeah. People used to give me shit because I'd write too many reports. They're like, why are you pulling a case number on this? It's like, because this could lead to something. It could be something down the road. This could be information we could use to solve a case later on. I mean, just because they didn't commit a crime today, maybe they'll do one tomorrow and this can help build a case. Yeah, absolutely. So enough about that. So you're a new guy. Are you, if you don't mind me asking, are you like an, a, a native Washington from, sorry, I don't know if it's a Washington or are you native to Washington or how'd you land in Washington? Um, well, I was actually born in San Diego. Oh, the whale's um, vagina. Yes. Yes. Down there. Uh, moved up to Washington with family when I was really young. Um, I was over on the West side of the state. Um, and then in early twenties, joined the military, spent a couple of years over in the army in Fort Bragg and then ended up in Eastern Washington because of my wife. And here I am. Here you are. Now, when you signed up to be a cop in Washington, I bet you couldn't foresee the shenanigans that are going on right now. No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, when I got in, obviously times were times were changing. It wasn't quite Seattle, but everyone's like, oh, look at Seattle, but we're not like Seattle. I was like, oh, sweet. Um, and then slowly we're becoming Seattle. Everywhere. I hate to say it, kids, but a lot of places, not everywhere, a lot of places are becoming Seattle because I don't know. No one's afraid to say the things that need, or everyone is afraid to say the things that need to be said. And if you say those things, then you're bad. So rather than speak the truth, you just cower and you become Seattle and some of these other places. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing stories of guys that were cleared years ago from cases years and years ago. I think there was even one, in, I want to say Wisconsin where guy was cleared several times 
when they found a loophole to go back and try and charge them. It's a fun, yeah. like, it's crazy. You can go through and do something by the book or, and get cleared by the DA, by your department. But fuck man, nowadays, like they'll look, they'll fucking find it and they'll look back on it and they'll try and fucking hem you up for it and put you in jail for it. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Have you ever seen a uh, Seattle is dying? No, but I really would like to watch that. It's yeah, like on YouTube, right? Yeah, there's Seattle is dying, and I'm trying to think. I can't remember what the um, fight for the soul of Seattle. That's the second part. But yeah, no, it, it's super interesting, and we actually have a couple of guys that are in both those documentaries that just lateral to my department. So, you know, just kind of hearing their stories of you know what was going on over there with. I mean, essentially anything under like $25, they wouldn't even charge for. And Well, I, I think in California now, it's like a, several hundred dollars they won't charge for. And you keep seeing the videos of dudes walking out of CVS with hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's insane what is, I guess, our society is okay with. Well, the, And I don't want to get in like a, a big social and political rant, but it's it's just crazy that it's kind of like our society is basically split, I think, and everything is now split 50-50. It doesn't matter what the issue is. And, and nobody thinks for themselves on the issues, too. I would like to think most people are like, stealing's wrong. We should do something about stealing. But yeah. we've taken this stance. Society's taken this stance. Well, half of society has that. No, it's okay. I mean, it's it's okay for them to steal because they need it. It's, yeah. it's wild, man. I Yeah, and that's, that's kind of like depressing, that- honestly. Yeah, that's kind of the take that they were taking over here, or not necessarily over here at the time, but over in Seattle. It's like if you were stealing and like it basically admitted that you stole because you're going to take the items and resell them so you could provide for your family. And what they mean by that is their meth addiction. Um, but if they were essentially saying that they were stealing to because they needed the money for themselves, they wouldn't get charged anything, which goes against the, you know, possession of stolen property and all those. Those, those petty crimes, right? Yeah. Well, it's kind of the, the broken windows thing, right? It's, it's, I mean, that's out the window now, but I just, I don't think people realize there's a correlation between all this crime. Like, and I brought this up before too, but like stolen cars, a lot of places, a stolen car fucking flees, you wave to it goodbye. I assume that's what you guys do in Washington, right? Oh, uh, well, fun fact with that. Uh, we're not even allowed to stop stolen vehicles anymore. Oh, neat. So, yeah, so if uh, if we see a stolen car, it's like, oh, look, there's a stolen car. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So people yeah. don't correlate that people use stolen cars to commit other crimes. Yeah. Why do you think they're stealing cars? Yeah, so essentially what we were told is we're not going to stop because of the whole new legislation and everything like that, which I don't know if you want to get into that now or later, but. Yeah, let's fucking, let's get into it now. So. And we talked a little bit before I hit record about, because I was curious if, I guess if the sky had stopped falling, if there was a better understanding, I didn't think, I mean, based on everything I read, I didn't think the sky would stop falling. It's, it's fucking crazy. All the new restrictions put on law enforcement, but yeah, man, we can get into that for sure. So I I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. The the stolen vehicles kind of led me into it. So I was going to start going on a tangent, but maybe I can go on a tangent. We can talk about other things and come back to it if you want. Go on your tangent, buddy. That's what we're Um, here for. So essentially with stolen vehicles. So um, when we sat down with all the prosecutors and everything like that, and they were going over all the new legislation, 
they're essentially telling us that we don't have probable cause for anybody inside of a stolen vehicle. Therefore, if we stop it and get into an altercation, because, you know, you stop a stolen vehicle and everyone points their guns at it and you pull everyone out, call them back, put them in handcuffs. But because they're telling us we don't have probable cause for the people inside of the stolen vehicle, even though, you know, the revised code of Washington states that they're in possession of a stolen vehicle and that right there, it's a probable cause they're inside. But because now using handcuffs is a use of force and we need probable cause to use force and we can't even just, sorry, I'm going to go on a whole rabbit trail here, but they're saying that um, because we don't have probable cause for the people inside the stolen car. It's not even worth stopping it because it's of low governmental interest because it's a property crime and the person likely has insurance on the vehicle. And it goes, <laughs> so oh all of us, our mind was completely blown when that was said, because we're like, well, we're, we're here for a public service. So we're doing a complete disservice to everyone. If we're not, you know, well, then it's like a burglary. That's a property crime for the most part. I mean, are we really just going to tell people like, oh, well, it's not a big deal because you have homeowner's insurance and you'll get your stuff back through insurance. I mean, that's, what, what, that's that, basically that's, as a society, that's where we've gotten is based. Well, insurance will pay for it. Yeah. Why do you care? Holy fucking shit. Like the what message that happens in this country. Yeah. The message that's sending is just like, oh, crime's OK. And it's it is insane. Because I, I had a recovered stolen car yesterday and we essentially told them, you know, hey, stop following the car because one, if even if we show up and find it, we're not pulling it over. And so I guess the person like ditched the car, took off in another vehicle. And, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, listen, you need to go to contact your legislation, governor, like whoever, um, reach out to anyone that you can write them, tell them how furious you are about how tied our hands are because we can't do anything that's insane that is fucking insane so i I guess while we're on that subject the citizens how are they dealing with you know especially crime victims how are they dealing with these new law changes in washington um i mean they're all super pissed off we're in an area where we're really supported by the population and they're all pissed because they're like well cops can't do anything now and they're like we're gonna have to take matters into our own hands um so there's been i mean a lot of backlash from the public and i haven't seen really any anyone that i've talked to or told about what's actually going on kind of behind the scenes because a majority of the people don't see it i don't know if it was the episode with you and your dad but it's like we deal with 10 percent of the population 90 percent of the time and you know those people either they're criminals so they don't care or the people that we're actually meeting they have very few interactions with us so they don't really know what's going on because you know they call us, we take a report and typically that's it a lot of the time. But uh, once they kind of find out, you know, like, Hey, this is what's going on or this is how are things are happening. They're fierce. They're like, who do I need to contact? Who do I need, who do I need to call? So it's good having the support from the area, but it's, it's ridiculous that it's, it's come to this. So, and this could be old news, but is Eastern Washington still trying to get annexed or become part of Idaho? Is that still a thing? Um, I mean, I've, I've heard that for longer than I've been living here. So who knows? Maybe. It's crazy that, you know, these big urban areas basically control an entire state. 
Yeah. So, I mean, King County essentially controls the entirety of Washington and, you know, we're a couple hundred miles away and it's, it's just ridiculous that that population always like a like mindset and I don't know how they're okay with what's going on, but. Yeah, that's, that could be, I don't even think we could dissect that, um, that ridiculous line of thinking. Well, that's fun. That's fun. So yeah, yeah, we'll get into some of this stuff. And, and some of this is some of the questions I got, but I don't really care if this will work. I, I think you kind of answered it before, but do you need probable cause to pat people down now? Is that the law? So we need probable cause to throw or use force to throw anyone in handcuffs. There's, I mean, there's certain ways around it. There's, you know, if you show up on a call, so for example, I would do like a DV. So now before we even respond to a DV, say, you know, oh, well, my husband or my wife just slapped me. So we'll call them before we even show up and be like, hey, what's going on? We'll try to establish some form of probable cause. But even, even then, if we, someone's, oh, well, they slapped me. I mean, we need some kind of injury or something, you know, showing the crime actually occurred. And a lot of the times we don't even respond. So we'll call and say, Hey, what's going on? Be like, Oh, we're just yelling at each other. Be like, okay, well, it's not a crime. Sorry. We're not coming. Wow. Yeah. So, Wild. or if it's like, a neighbor- in, in every cop hates, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy, but every cop hates that fucking job. Right. Everybody hates fucking going to those like yelling DVs where they're yelling and screaming at each other. And it's Jerry Springer. Yeah. But by going there, just us being there, usually not always, it can kind of settle it down. So it's kind of, to me, I always felt it was like a necessary evil. I always Mm -hmm. hated going to it and I always bitched about going to it, but by proxy of us being there, it, it settled people down. And that's another un foreseen or maybe a foreseen i don't know another problem with this law where they've basically made this law and nobody understands it and so now you i bet you see more violent dvs now right because the cops aren't coming out to talk to people and maybe even separate them if you can yeah and a lot of people you know they get super frustrated with how we're responding to it but at the same time yeah it sometimes it's easier i i personally would rather just go out there half the time and i mean Sometimes you'll get the call notes and you're like, okay, this is going to be an absolute nothing. But sometimes, you know, you go out there and you yell at a few people to tell everyone to calm down and just let them kind of vent for a minute. And it just totally de-escalates the situation. But instead now it's like, you know, we show up or if we call them and they're like, oh, well, nothing's going on. And then for whatever reason, we show up and it amps someone up and we get into an altercation for some reason. It's going to get looked at be like, well, there's no crime. Why were you there? And, and how, and I know you're a newer guy, but how many times you show up on a TV and it, you know, you're reading your notes, you're like, this isn't fucking criminal. And you get there and something comes out of it, right? Where you end up doing a lot of good by getting these people separated from each other. Cause people don't, here's a newsflash for everyone. People lie to dispatchers and people don't tell dispatchers everything. Yeah. Or it's misinterpreted through dispatch. And then, oh, yeah, that's a thing too. How many fucking calls do y'all go to? And you're like, oh, fuck, this is a fucking big one, right? And you get there and it's crickets. Oh, and yeah. Then, and then you go to some other call where you're like, oh, this is fucking nothing. And you get there and it's the biggest shit show on earth. So, Or you get, you get toned out to like a disturbance with a weapon. And you're like, you show up and it's like, okay. What are some of the other issues that you've seen that have come out of the new legislation out of Washington? Um, I mean, we have a couple things. It's like you show up on, you know, say a 
burglary in progress and you show up and you're like, yeah, we're not really sure what, what exactly to do with this because we've been specifically told that we're not using obstruction as like a go around to get probable cause. So we actually need to build a probable cause before we can do anything. So if someone comes like, you know, robbery, um, we get called to a, a robbery and we see someone, you know, a block away matching the description and they see us and they take off running. We can't use obstruction as like a pro- way to get probable cause to just stop them. So if they take off running, we just let them run, which blows my mind. Cause if we show up on a Berg and someone comes walking out of the house while they're, we're there, we're pretty much just going to wave at them and say, all right, I guess we'll figure out if they had permission to be in the house or not, even though obviously they didn't. This is depressing to listen to, man. It, yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, the other day we, we got called to, we've had a huge string of like catalytic converter thefts, which I don't know if that's like a thing everywhere, but. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a thing everywhere. Yeah, I figured it was, but um, yeah, so we had people under, under a box truck and we're like, okay, well, I'm sure we know what they're doing. It ended up just being two homeless people sleeping under it. One of the guys came out and was talking to us and the other one took off running. And me and a couple other officers, we all like did like that twitch, like we were about to start chasing them because we're like, oh, perfect. Someone's running from us. And we all just stopped and like threw our hands down at our side and we're just like, oh, so, yeah, it's 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 super depressing. And, uh, you know, obviously that I haven't been around for super long for the the good old days of just, you know, pulling people out of cars. And do you mean doing police work, the good old days of doing police work? Yeah, if that's is that what that's what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, I didn't work in Washington, but I watched it disappear in my state. Uh, mm-hmm. And if there's any senior guys in Washington that want to come on, uh, let me know because I'd be interesting. I'd be very interested to hear you know how it was 20 years ago compared to their perspective of now. Yeah, so, I'll I'll even talk to some people because I know some guys would probably be interested to talk about it. So yeah, tell them to slide into my DMs. My DMs. Oh, I will. Yeah. So other than that, as a, as a new guy, I mean, what do you think about your law enforcement career? Are you going to keep going in Washington or, or what are your long-term plans? Um, right now I'm just going to ride it out and see what happens, but I think having a plan B regardless of what's going on in your state or what you're doing, because there could just be one day you wake up and you can't do this job for whatever reason. So you know, keeping that backup plan in mind, but yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to ride it out for now. And I don't have any plans to leave, but I think there's always the the thought of, you know, at what point do I leave? So that, that's always in the back of my mind. Are you guys losing a lot of officers, even out there where it's pretty law enforcement supportive? Um, We've actually, the only uh, guys that we've been losing is just through retirement. We haven't had I think we have one guy that's leaving early, but he's been in for 20 years still. So he's, he's kind of jumping ship, but at the same time, he's, he's had a career, but yeah, no, we pretty much only been losing people to retirement. Everyone else has just, you know, been holding on strong and we've actually been gaining some people. So I guess that's a positive. Yeah. That's a positive. I assume there's like no proactive police work going on right now. Right. No, because, I mean, it's one of those things and we show up, we contact people at a closed business. Well, how do we know they don't have permission to be there? And we get into a use of force with them 
then it's going to look at be like, oh, well, why were you? that use of force happened only because you showed up? It's it's a clown world, man. It's it's yeah. a clown world. I mean, I I'm just kind of speechless listening to all this because it's just it's insane, man. It is is absolutely insane. I mean, it boggles my mind that people are okay with this. Is there any talk from? I, I, I don't know, in state where they're going to try and amend some of this stuff in the next session to yeah, so, add some clarity? Like, yeah. So like the sheriffs and police chiefs, like association, they've like been, they've been reaching out to the legislation and saying, Hey, well, what's the deal with this? And from what I've been hearing, at least the response has been, well, that wasn't our intention with the legislation. And it's like, well, that's what you signed. So we're kind of running into issues there. And it's one of those things that it's like, it wasn't really consulted with, anyone in law enforcement all the things that they were doing i mean i think they talked to like the criminal justice training commission which i wouldn't say is necessarily the best people to talk to because they're talking just to the people that train not to and the people that put out training not the people that are actually on the road and how it's gonna really affect them maybe i'm completely wrong on that but um even then there's been pushed to get a lot of things changed but there hasn't been a whole lot of it's one of those things they could sit down and have an emergency meeting and fix a lot of things for example uh they came out with uh i'd have to look up what house bill exactly it is but essentially saying i think it's 1054 so that's like our tactics one um but essentially saying like military equipment so we can't have anything that's 50 cal or above which includes 12 gauge shotguns 40 millimeters 37 millimeters so we essentially lost all of our impact long range less lethals. Fantastic. Like, yeah. So they, those they, aren't, no, are not needed for de-escalation, right? You don't need those. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah. So those were all taken out of our car because, you know, 12 gauge is technically bigger than a 50 and a 37 is definitely bigger than a 50 and a 40 is bigger than a 50. So yeah, we lost all of our long range less lethals. And they're like, oh, we'll just replace them with pepper ball guns, which doesn't necessarily work. I mean, some some agencies are like, oh, no, well, the legislation wasn't intending that because they want you to have less lethals. But at the same time, our department is said they're not get, willing to risk us getting you know, charged with anything because, you know, say you hit someone in the head with a 37 mil and they eventually die from it. They're going to say, well, you use something that was greater than what we restricted. So you're going to get charged now. And yeah. yeah. And there's nothing that our department can do legally because yeah, that's how the legislation was written. It's states that, you know, you can't use these things, even though it's a less lethal tactic that we're trying to use. It's nice that your department's looking out a little bit, at least though. Yeah, no. So my department's awesome. They, they're really good at looking out for their officers. Um, we actually have a really good admin, everything like that, which I know some is a big gripe for a lot of people, but no, our admin actually really looks out for us. And now is uh, that only cause you're new though? Or do you think it's actually true? No. And, I mean, that's, that's hearing from, you know, other guys in my department that have been there way longer than I have. Um, and I mean, our chief's a cop cop. So that's good, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. Before we get too far, I like to ask people, and I think I know the answer to this and I think it's probably silly for me to ask, but I'm going to, I like to ask people, is the job dead in their state? Is the job dead in Washington? Uh, I'm, I'm sure 
a majority of the people would say yes. It's because of my short career and kind of what I've known. I'll call myself like a COVID cop because I came in when the jail stopped taking people. Um, and all the new restrictions and all the weird things about contacting people. And we were told like, don't make traffic stops because of COVID and all these crazy things. So it, it's, I feel like it's really hard for me to say just because my entire, the entirety of my great two year career has been insanely restricted on the police work that I can do. But I think a majority of the people would say, especially with this new legislation that yeah, it's, it's pretty much dead because we can't, we can't do anything. Like there's a short period of time where I could, you know, go do contacts, go do all these things, be proactive. Yeah. Unless there's a lot of changes, I'd say right now it's, it's, uh, I don't know. They probably just pulled the plug on life support, but maybe it's, it's still on life support, but kind of brain dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's dead there, buddy, but who yeah. knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. You know what I'm worried about? And this is kind of off topic, but let's just say something crazy happens. And the next few elections, people are like, hey, we're tired of our cars getting stolen. We're tired of this fucking crime. And they elect people and then some things change as far as law enforcement goes. I really worry about the cops that are coming in right now that have had no experience doing anything. The job changed tremendously. Now, don't get me wrong. Like you still get into some hairy situations, but it's very, it's less frequent. And I think you, you see that sometimes on, you know, the body camera where guys are doing this weird fucked up shit. And it's because they haven't been in that situation or it's so rare now be, to be proactive or to be, you know, cause guys will fucking hide from the problems, right? People show up late to calls, people will do this and that. So yeah. they don't, you know, they don't get in trouble. And I, I really think these, the newer cops, like if we ever go back to the way things were or somewhere close, they're going to really struggle. And they don't know how to stop cars properly. They don't know how to be safe doing that. They don't know how to talk their way into cars. They don't know this or that. Um, Because there's things you can't learn in the academy, right? Oh, yeah. So in those things, the the extra things aren't being taught now because it it doesn't serve a purpose. So there's my rant. Sorry, hopefully you can just edit this out. I'll be back in just one second. Yeah, we can edit it out. No worries, buddy. Okay, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. No worries, dude. It's poorly made for a reason. I should just yeah. leave that like 30 second. <laughs> just uh, sorry, like 30 second silence. Just... Dude, what, what happened? What happened? Um, no, I'll just edit it out and I'll come back to this and people will be like, what? What pause? All right. So I think that was probably a good point to we'll move on. So have you been paying attention to the word of the day? Do you have a word of the day for all the folks to use? Oh, um... Yeah, I, I, I've been listening. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, buddy. Oh, no. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is the other day you talked about how great Team America World Police was. Okay. Um, can we use inevitably? Inevitably. Things yeah. are never going to happen. Yeah, I like that. Inevitably. That is that is your word of the day, folks. Get it to me and I will make you internet famous. Uh, but don't don't get fired because of a stupid thing on my show all right so as we always do man this is what i could have got done while your your kid was bugging you is i could have read this thing off but here oh, we are. oh well but now i gotta listen to it so it's poorly made. yeah now you get to hear it so and i apologize it's kind of long 
and I didn't read it a ton beforehand. So I'm going to probably have a lot of ums and ahs, and, but it's poorly made, so it's fine. So uh, as we do every episode, we give away some shit. This one is a two for one. Uh, this fella nominated two of his partners for hand handling this scene. So again, thanks as always to our anonymous donor for donating some money so I can give you guys some free shit. He deserves a round of applause. Uh, so here's what we got here today. Hi, I was reading your post and immediately thought about two guys I work with who came to mind. About three or four months ago, uh, late at night, we responded to a call where this guy shot a side chick in the face because she was trying to tell on his wife or tell his wife what was going on. The thing is, is he shot her in the face point blank with a rifle and she was on her knees in the, his driveway. And because of the soft set, he didn't get the desired outcome. The round went through her cheek and out her neck the other side. When we got to the house, there was blood everywhere, as you can imagine, and lots of screaming. The guy was still standing there with his rifle and the lady obviously in a panic with half her face hanging off. Fuck, that would be gross. But anyway, uh, she was fiddling around. It was like seeing a real-life zombie. Anyway, once we got the scene secured, my boys went right to work. And because of their interventions, the lady survived and is recovering. And because of a miscommunication over scene safety, the fire department didn't arrive on scene for over 15 minutes. Nearly, entire, nearly that entire time, they were helping her calm down as much as possible and breathe the best you could and control the bleeding. The whole squad pulled together and handled the most hectic scene I've ever seen amazingly, but they really made a difference that night. So uh, so that's what we got there. So he nominated his two buddies that basically saved this gal's life. So give them a round of applause and they've got some poorly made police memes merch coming to them. So everybody give them a round of applause, have a drink to them. All right, buddy, you still there? I am here. All right. I saw mute. So I was like, I didn't know if the kiddo, kiddo interrupted. No, I just don't want to interrupt your speech. Uh, it was terrible. All right. Now we're ready for beer two, which is Mountain Beach by Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, and this isn't a paid advertisement, but uh, Breckenridge has some pretty good fucking beers. I've never tried Mountain Beach though. So, which I don't know if you've ever been in the mountains, but it doesn't usually have pineapple, lime, and gava. Is that how you say that? You're from Washington. No, but have you been to Breckenridge, though? Yes, I have, actually. Yeah. I mean, have I you could, been to Breckenridge? I have, and I, could, I can see all of those things being in Breckenridge somewhere. That's probably true. Actually, as far as mountain towns in Colorado go, Breckenridge isn't the worst. Um, no, it's not. It's, it, as far as, like, I mean, it's busy, like all of them are, and it sucks, too. As a native, like, you go up there, and any time of the week, it's fucking busy. Yeah, I guess it was a dumb question asking if a Colorado native has been to Breckenridge. Yeah, like I've totally been to Breck before and it's totally awesome. Actually, they have a really sick Oktoberfest in Breckenridge. Really? And, yeah, me and my wife and our family went up there and like rented a little cabin thing up there. I got super drunk and then I ran a 5K. It was awesome. <laughs> and by the way, running a 5K in the mountains at that altitude sucks ass. I, I don't yeah. know how else to put it. And I'm not... Obviously, I'm a big fat guy. I'm not a strong runner, but that was one of the more difficult things I've done in my life. All right. So Mountain Beach, here we go. It sounds nice. It's good. It's weird. It's fruity, but it's not bad. Hmm. Yeah, I would I would highly suggest uh, Breckenridge if you can get your hands on it. I don't know if that's a beer that's all over the States, but it's pretty good stuff. All right. So now uh, we're going to move on to 
some of the questions or ask me anything. And I was going to get these in, in better order, but I didn't. So who cares? It's poorly made. So we kind of talked about this a little bit, but what what keeps you going in a working in a state that doesn't give a shit about cops and average people? Uh, in the words of Mr. Krabs, money. <laughs> I appreciate the meme reference and the SpongeBob reference, which is kind of fucked up. You kind of fucked up because most people are like, because I want to help people. Well, guess what, folks? We got fucking bills to pay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, and it's not all that. I mean, there, there is times that, I mean, obviously, you know, everyone got into this job because they want to help people uh, to give the, the simple answer. But there, I mean, there are still things that we can do and there's still ways that we can, you know, operate within the law, but still, you know, prevent crime and arrest people and do things. But yeah, it's, it's harder, but you put in a little bit more work and all you need is essentially get probable cause. You can still go arrest someone. So it's not a, a whole lot different. The only thing that really changes is the times where it's like a Terry stop would be the only way to essentially prevent this crime or to be able to stop the person that you're not going to figure out who it is later. But yeah, there's still, there's still ways to do the job here. It just, you have to just think a little more, I guess. Yeah. It's a real tragedy losing Terry. Cause I think that's pretty common sense. Stuff. Yeah. And it was a great ruling and, and all that. And that's Colorado wasn't quite to that extent. I mean, you still had Terry, but you know, the use of force stuff made it kind of interesting, but I, my, you know, I was told this and my recommendation to, to folks that are staying on the job in some of these shitty places is if you want to make a difference, become a good investigator. Yeah. I, I mean, you're, that's just going to be the way that things change and, and that's going to be the way you catch people. It, it does suck basically, you know, watching these stolen cars, watching, you know, burglars. I mean, how shitty is it now that basically in some of these areas, you get to a burglary within a couple of minutes, you see the guy matching the description down the street and you can't do a Terry stop on him. You can't fucking stop this guy. It's well, insane. So, I mean, we can, but we can't. So you, we can stop them. And if they're willing to talk to us, but if they take off running, there's nothing we can do. So we can stop and try to ID them. And if they'll talk to us, cool. But if they don't, that, that's the point where it's frustrating. It's like, you can still, you know, go stop this person, but they take off running. You, you, you have nothing at that point. And that's where if at least you had like the obstruction, that would be nice. And some places are, are allowing that, just not where I am exactly. So I think once there's a little bit more clarification, we might hopefully go towards that. Because if you show up in the area of a crime and you go to stop someone and they take off running, you know, even if they're they're fitting the description or lightly fitting the description, if they take off running, they're, they're up to something. And it's not just like you're stopping some random citizen and saying, oh, well, they're running now, so I have obstruction. But there's you gotta have to have a solid reason to at least contact them. If I'm going on another tangent here. But yeah, we can still we can still stop people, but we just can't chase, if that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I mean you always have consent until that's like the next thing they're gonna take away is fucking consensual contacts. Yeah. Which is no, don't talk to anybody for any reason. I, I'm yeah. telling you, we're gonna get to a time where cops are like firemen. We basically we roll out from the station on calls like mm -hmm. no there's nobody out there to stop crime or to deal with any of the other issues it's basically you know oh we get a call we roll out of the station like the fucking fire engine yeah which i mean you know maybe we'll get really good at making chili i don't know we probably would yeah 
Wii bowling tournaments. It'll be great. So somebody asked this, and I think they were being in, I don't know if they were being an asshole trying to get like information or if they were just, I don't, I'm not quite sure what they were getting at, but they asked how many officers work on a given night and what the minimums are. That's not something I don't think anybody should answer, especially if somebody figures out where like you work. And I think if anybody wants like a legit answer, answer to that, I mean, look at the staffing on that department. I mean, you can probably figure it out pretty quick. Well, so I'll, I'll say this. We, there's at least one and less than a hundred. There you go. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe this question was asked innocently enough and they were just kind of curious how it worked, but you know, I, think that, I mean, I, I could answer that honestly, I'm not going to, but at the same time, it, it, it depends because you get somewhere that's like a big city and they'll have a bunch of people and then you get somewhere that's like a small town and they might have one guy kind of on call. So, yeah. Yeah. It just then, really depends on where you're at. I mean, I always thought it was never enough. People, oh, absolutely. And, I, and I worked in a bigger area and, you know, we used to run short all the time and something changed where they, they actually started paying overtime. But, you know, I remember nights where I worked, where we were short and people called out and are like, well, we're not going to call anybody in. So, you know, there's going to be two yeah. cars in this huge area for the fucking whole night. Good luck. Yeah. So, Which is another reason, like, I'm glad I'm not county because at least I have someone that's, you know, within two, three minutes of me at all times. Yeah, that is always nice. But those county guys, man, they fucking, they like to play, so. Oh, yeah, those cowboys. Best agency to work for in Washington? I can kind of answer that. Uh, I would say anywhere on the eastern side of the state. Okay. Fair enough. Anywhere on the eastern side is probably okay. Yeah. What makes you answer that? Um, how is the decriminalization of drugs working out? <laughs> uh, um, it's been so state versus Blake was the new, like the newest thing that came out. So they're already kind of going towards that, which I know things were from my personal opinions, like hearing all the stuff about like weed and everything like that. Like, I don't know, you can, you can go drink and drive and drink yourself to death. But if you had a a little bit of weed on you, you'd go to jail. I don't know for me, personal gripe, I guess. I I don't, I don't really care about that. But if once you get into like meth and oh well it's a victimless crime well it's not because people are stealing breaking into your house and stealing things because they're trying to pay off their dealer so that's been difficult what we do is if we find uh i'd have to look up the actual per se numbers but um if you just pull off like a small little personal baggie we give the person a drug referral so they don't get in any trouble. They get a referral. And once they get a certain number of referrals, then it gets sent to the prosecutor. And then the prosecutor, I'm guessing, is going to decline charging anything. But um, that's kind of the route it goes. And the referral is essentially like, oh, here's a bunch of rehab facilities where you can get help for your problem. But once you get into with intent to distribute, things like that, I mean, they're still laying pretty heavily into those kind of charging. But for just like minute like user amounts, it's just I don't know. It's it's almost not worth our time, I guess. Now I don't I don't know if you have any information on this, but does anybody really take advantage of the referral to get help? I would say few and far between. 
a lot of people just look at it as a get out of jail free card. Interesting. And yeah. I would be interested to see those numbers, like of how many referrals cops give, because I assume that's documented. How many of those people actually show up to these facilities to get help? Yeah, no, that, that, that would be interesting because essentially it's like you just give them. And a lot of the times that we're giving them out, they're going to jail for something else. So we'll kind of give it to them at the jail and be like, hey, get help. And then we'll typically just see them back out on the street doing whatever. But yeah, it, it would be actually interesting to kind of see the, the numbers of times we've given those out versus people that are actually seeking out actual treatment. If anybody has information on that, send me a message. I'd be curious to see that. I don't know why that sparked this thought, but I remember seeing this uh, news article where some of the mental health groups in Washington were pissed at the cops for not showing up to mental health calls. Is that kind of a thing right now? Um, not where I am. We actually have a super good relationship with like the mental health in the area and we have mental health professionals that actually ride along with us. A lot of the times, I mean, now it'll be, you know, suicidal. Someone just took a bunch of pills because they're trying to kill themselves. And then the fire department will go handle it now. We don't, we don't, we don't go to those calls necessarily. Um, but because we do have counselors with us, we will, we still will kind of respond to them. It really depends on what the actual call is. If it's, you know, person has a knife or a gun, we're going to, we're going to go just because of the safety aspect of it. And a lot of times we've actually been walking away from them now, which Maybe we would get dispatched to these calls where it was like, and I'm kind of conflicted on it, but it's like, Hey, my wife, my husband, my so-and-so, they haven't been taking their medication. They're acting out. They need to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, well, is this truly a police matter? Why are we going on that? And I, I like that a lot of the police departments are starting to employ and implement these. Basically, it's a cop and a counselor go to calls. And not everywhere has that type of resource available. But I think that's a really good thing. And I think people don't understand. We can't just... And it's weird, this call keeps coming out and we can't get this information to the public, but we can't force someone to the hospital. If they don't want to go and if they don't meet the criteria in your state for mental hold, we can't force them to go. So if anybody's listening to this, probably not. But if anybody's listening to this that is maybe on the outside and doesn't understand that, there is very specific criteria that has to be met before we can essentially take somebody's rights away and force them to go to the hospital. People, I wish people would understand that because they're like, oh, well, they need to go because they're, they're drinking too much or something. And it's like, well, we'll get them to a detox. That's, that's not, it's not my job to bring them to detox because they, they like to dr- overdrink. Like, but, you know, it's to the point where they got firearms, they've been threatening people in the house or they're like threatening to kill themselves and they actually have like a means. And like you said, they fit the criteria. Yeah, we will absolutely take like detain them and take them to the hospital. Yeah, a lot of the times people just don't understand. It's like the whole thing where people call us to parent their kids and it's like parent your own kid. So that I'm curious now because in Washington, as far as like, I'm going to just assume and you can tell me if I'm wrong. In Washington, basically, if somebody is like making threats to kill themselves, basically you have to have PC that they want to kill themselves or harm somebody else. 
then you can take them on a mental health hold. Is that basically the basics of that? Um, I mean, if there's saying, uh, I'm trying to think of how to word this. I mean, if, obviously, if they're actually legitimately threatening threatening someone, then we're going to the whole, you know, harassment, everything like that. But, um, you know, if they're just threatening to kill themselves, we'll obviously we'll have the counselor try to reach out to them, we'll offer them resources, um, see if they'll voluntarily go to the hospital to get uh, treatment. Um, but once it gets to the point where we're essentially doing like a like the involuntary treatment act, where we're we're taking them. Uh, I just totally spaced on where I was going with that. Happens with the best of us. Yeah. What was your question again? Sorry. No. Basically, I'm uh, as far as like a mental health hold goes in Washington. Are you guys still doing that as law enforcement? Like, if somebody you have the criteria to take them. Are you guys still getting involved in that kind of type of call or did the new law change that? Yeah, no. So we'll, we'll still get involved with it. Um, so if it's one of the hours that we have the counselor riding with us, they'll essentially handle all the whole aspect of that. Um, if it's something else that we're on um, and we have to call over to um, like the crisis center or whatever, and uh, they can essentially write up a hold for us and send it to the hospital. And if that person's willing to go with us, we'll take them, but it gets to, it, we're kind of at that point where, you know, if they're not willing to go with us, we can't detain them anymore because in order to actually use force, unless they're like a serious threat to themselves, if we have to get into any type of altercation with them, we typically won't take them regardless. Okay. Cause, and going back to my original point about that new news article, basically they were pissed off that cops weren't taking action. And I, you know, the, whoever the chief or the sheriff in that area was like, well, this new bill doesn't allow us to do this. And the, you know, the group was like, no, they just don't want to do it. Blah, blah, blah. But I found it kind of comedic because how many of these mental health calls that end up in like an OIS and people are like, why are cops even going to that? And now they're screaming. Why aren't we going to that? It's just, it's crazy. What, I mean, what do you fucking want? Yeah, It doesn't I think, make any sense. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that is my view on it is I think we should go as just like a life priorities. You know, if we, sh- we should show up with the counselors, the counselor should be taking the lead on it. And if the counselor can't get them to go, we shouldn't be taking further enforcement, you know, getting into fights or getting into shootings with, these people just because they don't want to go get treatment it you know the public views that extremely poorly when we're trying to help this person and it's like I'm well gonna, i I'm think gonna... what i was referencing is like i think there was and i i know it was somewhere on the east coast where basically this dude they got there and the guy runs out of the house with a knife and, yeah and runs with the cops and they they end up shooting him mm-hmm. and people are like well they shouldn't even been there and they provoked the whole thing all they did yeah. was knock on the door and a fucking guy came out with a fucking knife. That, yeah. I mean, to me, that's the kind of shit that like, I totally get like walking away from, if you don't have a reason to take them to the hospital or, or not making a situation worse, even if you have, you have PC, so to speak, to put them on a mental health type hold. But in doing that, you're going to basically get in a fight with this guy and maybe injure cops or whatever. I mean, what, what do you want to, you know, what's the good solution to that? Maybe sometimes it is better to walk away from those type of calls rather than, you know, because hurting someone to take them to the hospital is probably not 
the right answer. But then think about it, though. If you walk away and this guy ends up killing himself, is it worth, you know, is it worth, you know, given this guy gets a couple of bruises over his life? It's just yeah. shit I think people need to think about is sometimes some of the shit is ugly. Yeah. Right. And but if, if you, you know, as a society where we we're concerned about the amount of people harming themselves and killing themselves. It's, it's something you have to think about, but I'm also not of the opinion that we're not obligated to do it for them either. Right. Where, you know, if it's going to be a situation where it's a suicide by cop, why are we putting officers in that position? It's, it's a very complex issue that I don't think people understand. Like if we know some dude has a rifle to his fucking chin and says, I'm going to shoot cops if they come in there. I don't know if that's a situation that we want to be putting cops into as much as we want to save this guy's life. It's a hard decision to make. Yeah. It, 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 like I said, it's, it's so many, it's so complex and so many different steps and so many different ways to look at it because yeah, obviously there's, there's ways you can try to talk to them. You can try calling them, you can hail to them. And, at the end of the day, if he's like, you come in here, I'm going to shoot you. We're, we're going to walk away from that because us trying to help you isn't worth our life. And then your life. Cause you end up, you know, a cop gets shot. Then he gets shot. Well, you didn't solve anything there. You, you solved him wanting to kill himself, which he potentially, or they might potentially get, get. but then, you know, what else is going on? You, you have an officer down now, you have an officer killed. It, you're not you're not solving anything by you know unfortunately yeah that person might kill themselves but at the end of the day yeah it's sad and it's hard for people around you but the complexity of it is we're not going to force an issue just because we're trying to help you yep yeah i'm all i'm all for using appropriate resources and things like that and i just i hope people can kind of wrap their their minds around that now, I would also argue, too, though, if we're in a situation where we can safely snag someone and we can save their life, I think we should. It's, oh, it's no, tough. It, it, I mean, it's definitely a tough issue because, you know, what's safe and what's not. But as, you know, people think police work is just this really easy thing to do and it's very black and white. A lot of it is very complex with a lot of fucking shitty situations where, you know, you may be. 60% right and 40% wrong as fucked up as that is to say, because there's not a right answer, right? You have to do the best thing that you have the ability to do at that moment in time. And you, it's super easy for people to Monday morning quarterback. The one thing I'll always say, and as long as you have the means to do it, slow down. Yeah. Always slow and, down. And I mean, and that's coming kind of, I'll circle back around. Um, circle back. Yeah. So that kind of comes back to you. Everything that, you know, like I've actually spent more time in the last month documenting why I didn't respond than I would if I just showed up and, you know, figured it out. If I showed up to like a DV and it was, you know, just a disturbance, I would have shown up and typically on DVs, we do just even like a short info or disturbance report. And hey dude, real quick, your sound is kind of getting a little weird. Like you sound really good. And then it sounds like me. Are you like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like the end of your transmissions are like a little fuzzy. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. I just moved my phone closer. So hopefully that works. Okay. Um, but yeah, I spent more time, you know, documenting why I'm not responding versus, you know, showing up, just doing a quick disturbance report or even just some CAD notes, just, you know, saying like, Oh, well, this is what was happening, but because of X, Y, and Z, I'm not responding. Why is 
That's wise, dude. Yeah. That's so, wise. Uh, and that, uh, that's what I was going to So, um, but that's like the same thing with, you know, all these like suicidals or welfare checks or anything like that. Be like, well, we, we tried these things, but you know, it's not working. So you just have, it goes back to the whole documenting thing. You just, you have to cover the do's and don'ts and the who, what, where, and why and how. And as long as you're getting all those things covered, if that guy kills himself and someone's like, well, the family tries suing, they're like, well, why didn't you do anything? Be like, well, he says he's going to get into a shootout with us. And is that really what she wanted? And it's, I mean, it, it's all just documentation. And yep. so if, if, and, if we, and if we can help someone, we can help them. And if not, just explain why you're not helping them. Yep, definitely, man. So we'll get off. We'll, we'll talk about some happier things for a second. Um, do you like the National Forest out in Washington? I, I do. I spend a, a lot of time out in the forest and woods and getting out and enjoying nature. Is that where the big ass fucking trees are, or is that somewhere else? Um, like the, I mean, the sequoias have, are the big ones, right? Yeah, that's in like California. Oh, okay. uh, we are we're the evergreen state. Oh, okay. So, so just like um, normal fucking trees. Yeah. So Fair we enough. have a rainforest though, so I guess that's kind of cool. You have a rainforest? Yeah, over on the like the peninsula, there's an actual rainforest. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact. The, those were only in the tropics. I'm learning new stuff every single day. This guy was looking into Washington and wanted to know where and I might butcher the name of this town. Anacortes? Anacortes? And Accordus, yeah. Is that a good place to work? Any thoughts, warnings? Um, Anacortus is a nice area. I know absolutely nothing of their department. Um, that's kind of actually out by the rainforest, I think. The is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so is that over by like Seattle then on the eastern part of the state or the western part of the state? Um, yeah, so it's actually across. Um, so that's almost like canada area it's across the the strait of juan de fuca but yeah seattle's because washington has that weird kind of puget sound area so seattle's on the east side of the puget sound and and of course is like across the sound northwest of that is there like a bridge to get across there or do you have to like kind of go um, around you, can, you can go down and around and cross a bridge or you can take a ferry huh fair enough i'm learning new stuff about washington every day I don't know about this guy, but it's pretty close to Seattle, so I would be a little concerned. I was actually sorry. I was thinking of Port Angeles, not Anacortes. Anacortes is like way up north. No, oh, I know nothing of Anacortes, so um, I hope that helps answer your question. Yeah, that was a great answer. We went through this whole fucking thing about rainforest, and it was wrong. Yeah, city. yeah. Thank no, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of the total wrong city. I was thinking Thank of Port you. Angeles. Thanks for but, that. But yeah, no, Anacortes is yeah up north, but it's kind of tucked away, so. It's probably okay, though. Yeah, I know where nothing is on the west side anymore. All right. So this is more geared towards you. Uh, this fellow is getting out of the Marines very soon and getting into law enforcement. Any tips for post-military into law enforcement? I think the biggest thing of advice that I was given, so, I mean, obviously, there's a step you have to take, testing and getting hired and um, at least, is this just a, uh, is this a Washington question or just a general question? I would say, I'd say just a general question. He didn't specify. Okay. So general, um, I mean, obviously getting out test um, for whatever department you're trying to go for a lot of places. Um, we, st I still have veterans preference points when I was getting out um, for testing. So that helped a little bit. 
make sure you're doing all that. But once you're actually in the law enforcement, I think the biggest transition for me was going from, you know, you're in the military and that's what like showing up on a call in the military, you show up, you have someone being like, Hey, do this, 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 and this. And a lot of it's not like free thinking, but once you get into like law enforcement, something I, I, I would show up on a call when I was in training and someone would be like, you're going to do something. And in my head, I'm being wait, I'm waiting to be told what to do something. So I think it's a lot of finding work. And that was something that was like a transition for me is going from, you know, constantly give, being given orders to finding work and kind of the more f- like free thinking uh, way of going about. I think so I you hit on something very important. And I wasn't in the military, but I noticed some guys and don't get me wrong. Like a lot of the guys that were out in the military are fucking excellent cops. Right. And my dad brought it up as far as like the discipline and, and things like mm-hmm. that. But there was this guy and you said that, and it just like fucking triggered something in my head. There was this guy in the Academy and I fucking love the guy. Um, and he was in the Marines and like, he was like for a guy that was in the Marines, like he was fucked up and he just froze on shit. And I am now that you say that it makes complete fucking sense. You just solved this guy's problems. I wish I would have known you like eight years ago. Oh, well, yeah. And that, that was one of the things it's worse being in the military. You're so programmed to, you know, you got like commanders and you got the whole chain of command coming down and you have that like everywhere you go. So if you're given like a mission, you go handle that mission because you've had op orders and everything. And you're being told like, Hey, this is the route we're taking. This is the movements we're going to do. And then you show up to like a call for police. And it's so dynamic that you don't have a, you have an idea of what's going on. Okay. So you're showing up to a DV or a bird or whatever. So you're like, okay, I understand what we're trying to get at but you don't have a preset plan of how you're getting there. It's dynamic. It's constantly changing. You're talking to different people. You're learning one story and then you're learning another story. And it, you're really having to find that work versus being told to go find it, I guess. Fair enough. Dude, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. That's an excellent point. All right. Yeah, so so got... I mean, no, go yeah. ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say, just, just be proactive. Just if, if you show up and there's nothing to do, Go find something to do. If you, you show up on a call and you know you see someone standing across the street, go talk to them. See if they saw anything, because they might be just waiting for an officer to come talk to you and or talk to them, and they might have some really valuable information, but they don't feel like they can approach an officer to like get it out there. But yeah, if you're just standing around and you're just looking around and you don't know what to do, find something to do. Doesn't matter if it's you think it's dumb, just. Yeah, get out there. I like it, dude. I like it. All right, man. A couple more questions, and I'll let you go here. Uh, we'll start with uh, a fun one, kind of, and then we'll, we'll hit with the heavy stuff at the end. All right. So do you do much speed enforcement? Uh, I'm not a huge uh, traffic guy. Uh, the reason, you know, I, I do traffic stop, not to say it's all pretext stops, but, yeah, I'm trying to find people with warrants or – Stuff like that. So, so you I, don't want to write grandma speeding ticket? No, absolutely not. I, I think I wrote like two or three speeding tickets in training. And I don't know if I've written a speeding ticket since then. So the, the guy was basically asking, and a, it's an unspoken thing as far as like the buffer you give people as far as speeding goes, where 
you know, some people's rule as well. If they're going nine over, I'll ride them. Some guys are have a different speed limit. Do you, in your head, do you have something that you would use? Um, I mean, if you're at the point of like reckless driving, then that would kind of be my, like, if you're, if you're speeding and like swerving in and out of cars, if you're going like 10 over, like, I don't really care like a whole lot, but yeah, if you're like speeding, swerving, cutting off people and that kind of aspect of it, if you're, if you're doing something that's like, I guess more dangerous, that's when I'll get into it, but it wouldn't necessarily be the, like the speeding that I would go after you for. It'd be more like the reckless driving or like the criminal traffic versus just a citation. Yeah. That's kind of where I was at. And I know it depends for a lot of people, but I, I want anybody that's not a cop to listen and hear this and understand there is no number, like no magic number. Legitimately, it might be chicken shit, but if you're going 31 and a 30, you can be stopped and be given a ticket for that. Is that going to happen? Probably not. Unless it's a trooper, but... Yeah, unless it's a trooper. But uh, we got to get a trooper on. That would be good. But uh, it'd be like fucking talking to Mr. Roboto, probably. <laughs> but yes, the traffic law says I must stop. But... If there's a car I'd want to fucking stop and they're doing a five over and I think there's shit going on with that car, it's fucking, I can stop that car. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to give them a ticket though. Yeah. I mean, but so, it's a just, it's justification for a stop, Yep. which Washington's also going away from that too. So, Funny. um, tick like tickets, like equipment violations and speeding, stuff like that. You won't get your license suspended over anymore. Great. That's not a big deal. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, suspended license, who cares? It's not a big deal. Dude, it's, like, yeah. it's kind of hard to get your license to the point where it's, like, suspended and shit like that. Like, you have to yeah. work at that. Yeah, you and, have to you actually have to try to do it. Yeah, it, I mean, like, look, I speed. I'll fucking tell you right now, I speed. But I don't speed a, a reckless amount, right? Like, I think I'm not going to be a dick. Like, you know, 10 over is fine. But if I get behind a car on a, a one-lane highway and they're doing seven over – I think it's kind of chicken shit to pass them so I can go a little bit faster. I'd probably, all right, I'll do seven over for now. Yep. But yeah. I, everybody speeds. Everybody fucking speeds. Yeah, I don't know. I, I lost my train of thought. Too many beers. But yeah. what were we talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't stop people for like petty. Or I'll stop them for, for the speeding, but yeah, not necessarily going to give them a ticket. And like, I don't know, probably the, the big thing is like, the most time I'll pull people over for speeding is um, working days and you're sitting there in the morning and school's starting and you got the person going like 10 over through a school zone. You all saw the person just remind them, Hey, it's a school zone, like slow down, but I'm not going to sit there and just write tickets all morning. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, if there was kids out, I probably would because I don't know. I got a problem with that, but yeah. that always fucking pisses me off where you have like the school zone flashing and everybody's going slow and there's not mm. like a fucking kid in sight. Uh, here, we're going to get to the fun stuff here. Because uh, this was a big controversy, and I'd like to hear from a cop that's actually in Washington that has some knowledge of it. So I remember there was this news article going around a couple weeks ago about training in Washington as far as you had to sign off on something at the end of a training class, basically giving them permission to get into your social media. What's, what's the deal with that? I haven't actually dug in a whole lot to that whole thing. From the little bit of understanding I have about it, it's essentially if you're involved in some kind of like critical situation, like an officer involved shooting or something like that, 
they can look at your social media. I don't know why. Um, I haven't dug in a whole lot because I essentially got a message from our union saying, don't respond to it. Don't do anything yet. We're getting an attorney and we're going to figure it out. So I'm, I don't want to get all worked up about it. And cause I know a bunch of guys kind of jumped the gun being like, Oh, this is ridiculous. I'll never do that. And I'm like, you know what? It's, it's going to change because they sent out something and then it was addressed with the director of the uh, Washington state criminal justice training commission. And they're like, Oh, it shouldn't have been sent out that way. We're going to revise it. So I'm essentially waiting for the union to kind of move forward with telling me what to do on that, I guess. Um, but yeah, as far the little bit, I know it's like, if you're involved in some kind of critical situation, they can look at your social media or it's not like from my understanding, it's not like you have to give them your password so they can log in and keep tabs on you. It's like they can access like your page. Yeah. I would be curious how that all would go down because the information that was put forward is basically like you would be compelled to give them that information, which is, which is insane. I mean, when I got hired, they looked at my social media and I'm going to break some hearts here, but I don't necessarily have a huge issue with that. Cause the, like they weren't getting into personal messages or anything like that, but let's be real. I mean, you wouldn't want somebody posting some extremist type shit that could be easily caught in a, in a hiring thing where, you know, cause people fucking, here's the deal. People fucking like be untruthful during backgrounds. People can get through polygraphs if they're good at lying shit like that if you know if some fucking like crazy fucking dude is posting some crazy shit on social media i get the whole free speech act uh argument with it i get it i totally get it but at the same time like do you want to work with that dude right like some fucking crazy you know racist dude you know on either side of it no you don't want to work with that dude so like i don't have an issue with that i think getting into personal messages would be much and when i did it there was he didn't get in my messages as far as i know not that I have anything in there, but basically he got in, looked at my social media, scrolled through a little bit. was like, great. And we're done. I don't yeah. have an issue with that. Yeah, I no. do have an issue. And here's the thing, guys, we're cops and we should have first amendment rights. I think there's the line has been skewed, right? Where people speak out against things that I don't think are extremist at all. And they're getting fucking hemmed up for having thoughts on things. I think that's wrong. Um, you know, we, as a government employees, we didn't give up our rights to have thoughts and opinions and things like that. We need to be impartial at all times, but I think we're still allowed to fucking express ourselves. And, but, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, obviously, yeah, First Amendment, you have the right to say whatever you want, but uh, I'll just use the term. You, you can say whatever you want. doesn't mean you're not going to get punched in the face for it. Yeah. Um, so, or the whole you can't yell fire in a theater, like. Yeah, you, you can say whatever you want, but it doesn't mean it won't have consequences later on. So if you're using like your social media to, you know, make some racist comments or post some racist stuff, then, yeah, you probably deserve to get hemmed up for it. If like if you're really doing that, I mean, one, you're in the wrong job. And two, you know, like no, no one wants to be working with that guy. And it's, it's not the right place. You have to be professional at all times. I mean, you're always held to a higher standard regardless of what whatever it is that you're doing so question is, any social... yeah go ahead well no as i say the problem is is that you know guys will speak out against like black lives matter right mm-hmm. speaking out against black lives matter the group itself that shouldn't be considered racist right but that's no. become racist or yeah. you know if somebody has 
and I don't even want to get into the whole COVID thing because that's um, we're asking for it there. But like somebody can be on either side of the COVID thing, people can say something about that, and then that somehow becomes like explosive. I mean, to be fair, oh, you're off. But anyway, to be fair, I think as a cop, you have to be careful about what you post, right? And you, you have to be mindful that some of that shit can come back at you. But at the same time, like we shouldn't fucking give up our, our rights to free speech. And, you know, once you're hired and you've been through the background and shit like that, and, and you know, they want to get into your social media and get your passwords because of you got involved in something that's fucking insane. So hopefully that was just a misunderstanding and that goes away. And that's not something that you guys got to worry about. Yeah. So I guess it's one of those things that we'll, we'll just kind of see what happens. But another thing that they, they brought up is um, they're going to look through to see which uh, officers in Washington are members of terrorist organizations, which by some means people consider the NRA a terrorist organization. I'm not personally a member of the NRA, but I know there's some guys that are, but that might get looked at and some guys might get decertified because they're NRA members. That's which I think fucking is- crazy. Yeah, which is insane just because there's some panel of people that they don't like guns or whatever. They're going to deem you a terrorist because, but hey, maybe if we're a terrorist, we'll get a bunch of guns and helicopters and everything like that. So, yeah, right. They'll just leave them at our doorstep. Yeah, be perfect. Not a big deal, which I love right now. They're like trying to spin that like, well, that act, that didn't actually happen. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um, yeah. Here's another fun, fun part of that is like you had dudes all around the country, like cops around the country. They just happened to be uh, in Washington on mm. the 6th and they weren't in the Capitol. They were outside of it and they're getting fucking fired for being there. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Mm. I, I mean, nobody's getting fired for fucking looting stores and all that shit, but I digress. Yeah. Well, this was a very happy, uh, positive podcast, man. Yeah, no, it's it. You can call this like the depressing podcast or something. Yeah, um, I'm gonna call it the rainforest. I've actually decided, but beautiful, beautiful, yeah. Um, with can the, just, the, the mountain my- beach. Oh, sorry. No, I was gonna say, you know, we had the mountain beach. We had the talk of the rainforest. I mean, I guess yeah. those are good things. Yeah. Can I can I tell you my my absolute favorite part of this, all this new legislation? Let's hear it, dude. All right. So I'm, I'm going to read this like, uh, well, I guess I won't read it verbatim because it's not in here verbatim, but chokeholds and neck restraints are prohibited even where the use of deadly force is justified. Oh, yeah. We got that in Colorado, too. Really? Like you can't use it at all? No, not at all. Really? Okay, I saw so something not- out of New York where getting on, like if you're like, you know how oh, it is, right? Where you fight somebody and you get to the dog pile. <laughs> Just yeah. being on the dog pile of that guy trying to restrain him is considered, yeah. uh, you know, um, restraining their breath and you could get in trouble for that. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. And that's the one that's like, so you're telling me I can't choke someone out even when I can shoot them? Yeah, it makes no sense, right? I wouldn't yeah. have had a huge issue with, I mean, I would have, but I mean, it would have made more sense that, okay, look, we don't want you guys using carotid and shit like that. Um, yeah, I get that. But in a, you know, if you're in a life or death situation, then you can use it. And here, here, I'm going to fucking break some hearts here. Okay. Cause it came up and you brought it up. So like a carotid and stuff like that in my department, we trained on it. And I always thought to myself, I don't train on this enough. 
I would use it in a deadly force situation, not necessarily to kill somebody, but to prevent myself from killing somebody if I had that right opportunity. That was just my, my mindset on it. That was my thought. But now that you've taken that away, you know, there could be a situation potentially where if you could wrap a carotid on that guy, knock him out for a few seconds, get him in custody, you could save his life. You've taken that away. Now the officers aren't going to have another result and they're going to have to shoot him or do whatever. It's, it's fucking incredible. Like I wish people would fucking think these things out. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. A lot of it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I just, it's because people making these laws don't have any real life experience. No. And they don't, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of politicians, we hate the rich people, right? That's what we hate in our society is rich, successful people. But a lot of these people, not all of them, a lot of them came from money. And if they didn't come from money, they're rich now. People yep. that come from money that live in gated communities, they don't understand how the real world works. They've never been involved in a fight. They never got fucking in fights in school. They never had that type of experience. They don't know how things actually are. And they can't believe that people commit crimes. Yep. And so when you have people with no real world experience going out there and making these fucking laws or even fucking prosecutors, we have fucking prosecutors um, that have never had any real life experience. And how can they fucking prosecute a crime when they don't fucking know how crime works? I, I don't know. It, it just boggles my mind and it makes me angry. And I want this to not be like an angry bitch fest podcast, but it's going to happen sometimes, especially when we're talking about fucking Washington. God, I fucking, I feel bad for the decent people that are living in these fucking states where they're fucking handcuffed, where, where they're basically at the will of fucking criminals. Oh, your car yeah. got stolen? The insurance will cover that. Guess what? Your insurance fucking goes up when your car gets stolen, you stupid fucks. Yeah. It goes up for all of us. It's like like a hailstorm, right? Hailstorm comes through your area. They got to fix a bunch of cars. The next year, your fucking insurance goes up. When all yeah, your cars get fucking stolen, your insurance goes up. Yeah. Right? Or a lot of insurance agencies won't even cover it. Say you're, you know, you go out to your car, turn it on real quick to start heating it up, or you turn it on and forgot something inside. Someone comes by, steals your car. A lot of insurance agencies will be like, well, you, you left your car running in your driveway and we're not going to cover it. Yeah. So it's a, Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, I don't know. It's just, it frustrates me so much. And I mean, you look at the situation, like I mentioned it in another podcast, like the cost of goods, goods is going up, right? And everybody bitches about that. Some of it's due to fucking shoplifting. You want shit to be cheaper? Don't let fucking shoplifters get away with it. I'm not advocating we fucking cut off their hands or anything like that, but stealing is a crime. It's fucking one of the fucking sins in the Bible. Fuck. I don't know. You got me all fucking heated, dude. You got me all angry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. It's okay. I appreciate that. All right. So I got I actually have one more question for you because I, I want to end this maybe on a positive note, but maybe okay. it won't. Let's, let's see. And this, and this guy asked actually a pretty good question, which I thought was interesting. Um, being all the laws suck, has there actually been something that worked out positive for law enforcement with these new laws? Hmm. I'm, I'm I'm trying to. I, if you all right, so it's all fucked. It's all fucked. Everyone, you have it here first. Poorly made police memes podcast. 
everything is fucked. Yeah, I, I, some guys look at it as, well, I don't have to respond to welfare checks. I don't have to respond to this. And, you know, in a sense of if you don't want to do work, yeah, I guess there's a positive there. But, you know, a, a simple task of, you know, driving by the guy passed out on the street corner and being like, hey, man, you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. Like, okay. For me, I don't think that's a good use of our fire or medics time. So, but a lot of, a lot of departments are like, oh, it's split out of fire. I'm like, no, I'm going to drive by at three o'clock in the morning and yell at this person, see if they're okay. Because Joe citizen <laughs> drove by and didn't want to say anything to them. Like, oh, I think that person's dead. I should probably just call the police department five minutes down the road. Um, well, yeah, yeah. You know, the firefighters have to get up from their naps and yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I I haven't seen anything really positive because you know I don't I don't mind taking calls or I don't mind going on the dumb calls because it's you know five minutes of my time and it's whatever. But yeah, no, I I, I haven't seen. I can't think of anything actually positive that has come out of any of this. I mean, it's positive for the criminals, I guess. But there you go. It's positive for the poor, mistreated criminals. All right. On that note, buddy, my going away question is do you have any words of wisdom for the millions of people listening to the podcast? Um, I think I'll just go back to the whole thing I was talking about earlier. You know, if, if you're on a scene, go find work, uh, be proactive and do what you can, especially people that can still be proactive in this job. So yeah. other than that, just write good reports, keep learning and uh, have fun fun what's that well hey man i i appreciate you coming on i hope uh, everything works out for you in washington and yeah. uh you know hopefully things get better for you guys up there if uh you want to support this podcast uh always support our sponsors uh you can support me by there's a little link at the end of all the podcasts where you can give me money that's great or you can buy some of my poorly made merch but always remember take care of your brothers and sisters first before you take care of me so if there's so Shit going on within the country and the community and people need money. Go give them some money. Okay. All right. On those notes, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, even though it was super happy. And uh, remember, I love most of you and bye-bye. And I'll hit a little pausey there.